Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Mel and I'm here with Bridge. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Today we have an interview coming up with Myra Lewin from Harley Pule. Myra is this incredible Ayurvedic practitioner and yoga instructor. She's been doing it for like 30 years. Amazing. She's had her own incredible health transformation and oh, it was a big honor to interview her actually she's just so wise and so calm and centering and Mm. um just had a lot of great tips we talk all about Ayurveda yeah and because you know we talk on here a lot about how there's all these different approaches and we've actually never interviewed an Ayurvedic practitioner I know isn't that weird (laughs) yeah well we've wanted to do it for so long but we just didn't didn't find anybody no yet that we, we were to on the hunt and yeah. um they are hard. they're not really on instagram is what we found <laughs> so exactly, it's been hard to find them once we did discover myra she is on instagram she's at h-a-l-e underscore P-U-L-E. Perfect. <laughs> but it's pronounced Hale Pule. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll link it. <laughs> yeah, we'll link it. Once you guys see her and her Instagram, you'll be like, oh, I see why you <laughs> might have wanted her on once you see all of her stuff and just her whole vibe is incredible. She's actually got a couple of podcasts herself that I encourage you to check out. So we talk all about Ayurveda and just really explained explain the Ayurvedic sort of principles and perspective, but then we really center in on like PCOS and the Ayurvedic perspective of PCOS. And she gives some really great like practical self-care and nutritional tips as well. So that's very exciting and really helpful. And I got a lot out of that personally. Mm. So I think everyone's really going to enjoy that. And I think as well, because we do talk about Ayurvedic medicine all the time, but Mm. we've never gone into depth about Mm. how it really works and why it's been so beneficial for us. This is a really good intro into that. And I think it will give people a really good insight into why we've gone down this path, but also why it is so helpful and why it does work so well. Yeah, exactly. I think we talk a lot about how like you should follow your gut. Like if Mm. something's speaking to you, like go for it. So to me, this is a way to be like, this is what Ayurveda is like. Like if, if you vibe with this, like check it out and kind of giving you that opportunity to understand it and then decide whether you want to explore it. So 100%. Yeah. How's your week been? What's been going on? My week's been Good. Actually, so good. So I <laughs> finally launched <laughs> um, oh, yeah. our two new products, which, oh, my God, I'm so glad I finally launched because <laughs> it was just taking up so much room in my brain for, like, these mm. last months, just getting everything organized and all the 
dramas that occur. Like they're not big dramas, but it's just so much to organize and I don't think you can fully also, you would think it gets easier the more you do it, but I think <laughs> now the more I do it, the more I overcomplicate things and the more, more I overthink about things when I do them. Mm. So anyway, they're out. Uh, so we've got two new blends. One is called Zenhood, which is ugh, it's beautiful to look at, can I just say. <laughs> but it is our beautiful adrenal calming, fantastic for just really helping to soothe your body, like really help if you, as we know, like our hormones – really respond to anxiety and stress and anything else that's going on in our lives that might be causing our cortisol to raise or, you know, maybe we're not sleeping well. So that's what this blend really aims to help. And all the herbs in it are specifically chosen to target that and to really work on that. And it's just such a beautiful blend and something I've been wanting to do for so, so long because it is such a big element of hormone health. Mm. And it just hadn't, I hadn't really delved into that area yet. So I'm really, really glad and excited. And I've personally been taking this blend uh, for about five months now. And I truly, it has changed my ability to sleep as well at night. Like it's really helped me with that. But also even Jesse's been having it and he just reckons it's helped when he's stressed. Like he's like, this is what I, this is what I need now. So I'm really grateful for it and so glad to have it in my life. And I really hope you guys will be too. (laughs) Well, I am. I'm so excited (laughs) to get my hands on it because I am my PCOS type, at least at the moment is very much the stress side of things, the cortisol side of things. So this, to me, this is um, for, you know, the people with PCOS whose driver is stress. So, and that's me. (laughs) And I think it's a lot of us. And, you know, I think even if your type is insulin resistance or whatever, I still think a lot of us in this world, we have stress and, you know, there's just so much going on. We do so much that's sort of inevitable. So I'm just hoping this is something really small that people can add into their daily rituals that will hopefully help them. So oh, I'm very – yours is on its way, Mel, by the way. I'm surprised I'm it hasn't so got excited. to you yet. <laughs> well, do you know what? I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, I wonder what, when that's going to hit. And then I was like, I don't think I've checked the mail for like a week. <laughs> Oh, so, well, maybe it's I waiting. Do that. <laughs> I was actually hoping that you were like, it came yesterday, no. but it, uh, that's okay. Well, it's maybe. on its way. It's on its way. And the other yeah. one is immunehood, which mm. is so out of the scope of anything I ever thought I would do because obviously it's not, I guess, directly hormone related, but it is very indirectly hormone related and also completely relevant to the world we're living in at the moment that I think everyone is so much more in tune with the overall health, well-being and also their immune system. I don't think we've ever been in a time where we've been so focused and so aware of our immune system. Mm, And it's just something that I really wanted to Well, it was something I wanted and I was looking and there are like obviously other immune blends on the market, but this one I really, really wanted to create that was quite potent um, Mm. and strong and it was actually going to work. (laughs) So that was really important to me. And I also wanted it to tie in with the hormone stuff as well. So it's a beautiful blend. Um, It's been really (laughs) relevant to us at the moment too, because I don't know about you, Mel, but it's like germs galore out there, uh, particularly if you have a kid in like daycare or school or whatever. So this is just something you can either take regularly and use it more as a protection and a defense or you know when you are feeling unwell when the the flu hits the viruses hit whatever you can really really dose up on it and have it you know multiple times throughout the day and just be sipping on it so again i'm very proud of it (laughs) 
Oh, you should be. And it's so funny because both of these teas feel so relevant to my life right now. Um, Like I am on day 15 of being sick and my immune system has never struggled so much to fight an illness, like 15 days. Like, and I like about 11 or 12 of those days were like the depths of it. Yeah. Normally the depths of a sickness for me are a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. So this is unheard of for me. Actually, that's not true. About a decade ago, I got swine flu. Do you remember swine flu? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. I had swine flu and I was laid out for about 10 days. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That was a wild week. But I would have loved to have had your tea during the last (laughs) fortnight. Um, And the other thing is like during this, while I've gotten sick, I also got my period. Mm. And I have noticed something new for since I've got my period back um, postpartum is that when in the day or two leading into my period, I am getting really ragey, which, you know, like yes. real PMSy, and I, I never am normally like that. And I'm sure it's just my body like adjusting to the new hormones and yeah. everything being back. But I'd really like to support myself to be able to handle stress better during those times because oh. that's what sets me off, something really stressful happening. And Definitely. so, yeah, I'm feeling the zenhood. I'm feeling zen-hood. the <laughs> So do you know what? It makes me so happy because I truly was like, I I felt like I'd shoebox myself and I was like, okay, well, I just do this hormone blend and that's it kind of thing. And then obviously when I released childhood, I was like, okay, there's people like, you know, this is an anti-inflammatory. Obviously it's still related to hormones, but it's slightly different. And I, mm. I started to think, okay, maybe I, maybe people do want these other things that could help other herbal blends that I think, you know, cause otherwise you have to book in to see a naturopath or a herbalist and, mm-hmm. It's not always possible. And sometimes we just like, for example, the immune hood, that's just something you want in your pantry ready to go for when the time hits, right? Like yes, no one when they're sick is like, oh, I'm just going to head off to my herbalist and get some <laughs> herbs, you know, like it's not what you feel like doing. So I really hope that there is a place for this. And there obviously has been because I, and I actually only did really small runs of these blends and my beautiful manager, my warehouse manager, he messaged me last week and I'm oh, sorry, um, two days after we launched it. So that was like, what? So I launched it. So it's been out for about five, four days now. And he was like, um, you are nearly halfway through the immune hood already. And I was like, wow. what? So I'm feeling very happy about that. Aww. But, yeah, it's, I'm very grateful that you guys have, you know, just really, really embraced it and are on board with it. And I agree, Mel. Like I just think that stress is such a big thing in our lives and also the, the immune stuff is so relevant to everyone right now <laughs> so definitely everybody's struggling with this super flu that's happening oh like, COVID it's aside, crazy you know? isn't it and like yeah. I just like the other thing is is that people you know exactly what you said we used to get it and I was sort of done in a few days but things are hanging around for a lot yes. longer than they used to be and it's just wild it is like my doctor said, yeah, this flu, like um, even adults are having a cough that lasts for two months. Oh, like, so intense. And, you know, for so many years it's been talked about how like how the overuse of antibiotics in society is going to lead to these mutated sort of mm. viruses. And yep. I think, oh, God, 
or bacteria and I think, oh, is that where we're at? Is that what's going on? Because these flus are massive. <laughs> well, that's right. Like, and I think to a degree it's true. Like I think things are just going to keep mutating. So yeah. I think the, the more support we can place on our health and our yes. immune system and our just overall wellness and well-being, like it can only be good, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the support, guys. I'm very appreciative. So Mel, what's been going on? Uh, well, nothing as exciting as that. I've been <laughs> sick. I've uh, been Elma's been sick. Uh, we've been dog sitting, which has been exciting. My parents went away for a few weeks, so we had their dog at our house, Polly, mm. and that's been really nice. Just, it's also been a bit of a test because I really want to get a dog. Um, oh. but, so it's been like, what's it like to live with a dog? And there was definitely some difficult things that we didn't expect, but also the things I was worried about weren't a problem at all like what were you worried about I was worried about like she's a border collie and she's five but she's like she hasn't had a younger dog join her okay like family so she's still like a pup like you know when a dog gets a younger dog they sort of grow up a bit yeah she hasn't grown up so she's very puppy like still and really energetic and I was just really worried because Koji's pretty like he doesn't like too much of an overload. Yeah, yeah. Wise. So um, I was a bit worried that she'd be too full on for the kids, but no, she was super chill. She spent most of the day sleeping. She's like so fine with them. And obviously like we know Polly, like mm. they hang out with her all the time at my mum's and we even lived with her when we all lived in Grafton after the bushfire. But I was just a bit worried about that. But no, she was totally fine. So cute. And the really – the problem at we got the first two weeks were amazing and I was like this is the best like and Elma was so entertained and I was like I love this and then on the third week Elma discovered that if she was rough with Polly we that we would say oh no don't do that like she would get a bit of a reaction and mm. we tried to be super chill you know like mm. and we were we were very chill about it but she 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 could tell <laughs> she could tell she had some power so and cheeky. so she decided to spend the last week exploring that power oh. and poor Polly like poor Polly Elma was pulling her ears pulling her lips pulling her tail oh pulling gosh. her hair out uh, trying to grab her eyes oh, like no. uh, Anna but Polly was amazing like she would tell her she'd be like yeah. like yeah. she'd let her know but she never hurt her or anything Good. and so, yeah, so that was a bit like, oh, damn it. So <laughs> do you think you'll get a dog? Great. Well, we've got a few obstacles. We've, we've got a fence our yard. Yes, that is definitely acres. a thing. Yeah, yes. you don't want and, that. <laughs> and our yard's about two acres, but we haven't got a fence and we were going to do it and then the guy ended up like there was too much rain. Anyway, whatever, it didn't happen. So mm. we're still going to do that. But once we get that done, I would say yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so yes. exciting. Know, but, you know, in exciting. saying that, like, so – we only have one dog now, sadly, but beautiful mm. Indy, she <laughs> does not leave the house. So, like, she literally, like, we obviously now we're not on anywhere near as much as you are, but we're on about an acre. And, like, she literally, I am I would be shocked if she stepped, like, a metre away from our house before. <laughs> She's very much like, no, thank you, I'm an inside dog. And even, like, when we go to my parents' house who are on 15 acres and they just live around the road, down fresh around the road down the road um <laughs> they you know Indy's the same like she doesn't really go past but at the same time I wouldn't feel comfortable like leaving her outside when we're not there mm, and yeah. that she might run away do you know what yep. I mean but yes. mum and dad just got a new rescue dog oh, oh. so cute same's cookie and <laughs> same thing like 
doesn't really leave their house, but when it does, mum said that it's so fast and they don't have the property fenced off, right? So mm. there are fences, but they're horse fences. So, like, right. they don't, um, the dogs could easily get under them. Yeah. So one of their dogs, Pepper, never, like, is so well trained, always comes back. But this one, you just wouldn't trust it to not run away yeah. and get lost. So I don't know, but it's super cute. But maybe you could get a rescue dog as well. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess. I, I, we are torn up about mm. what to do because I I just want to feel safe. I know. I just, Part of you is I like, do we want... just get a puppy and start from scratch? <laughs> yeah, I just want to know that the kids will be safe. I think it's very different when you've got kids because yeah. even this time around, because my parents have like always got rescue dogs, but even this time around I was kind of like, well, now that my kids go over there all the time, like yeah. I would like to make sure that this dog is going to be suitable. You know, yeah, exactly. And it, it, she is; she's so she's like a little poodle thing, like very <laughs> chill. But at the same time, like you do always worry. We don't know the history of this dog. We don't know that's right what's happened to it. So yeah, and at the end of the day, they're animals, and they're going to react potentially. But um, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, dogs are the best. You should one hundred percent get so one. The best. <laughs> I'm all for it. I actually, we've been talking about like, do we get it? We're we're still mourning little Clo Clo who passed yeah. away when I was pregnant with Willa, but. Part of me is like, oh, maybe we are ready to have another dog. And then I'm like, no, she's not replaceable. We can't ever get another one. But I do also just think for Indy, like she would love a little companion. So I don't know. Let You get one and then I'll see how you go and then maybe I'll get one. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we can get one around the end of the year. That's my hope. That would be so nice. So, anyway, so nice. that's enough about dogs probably. Hey, Yay, sorry, guys. sorry. I just love dogs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this interview, guys. Yeah. Um, and would love to hear if mm. you decide to explore Ayurveda after listening to it. 100%. I'm so intrigued by that because we do talk about it a lot. So interested to see if yeah. other people have, you know, gone down that route. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Myra, hello. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Great honor. Oh, I just really honestly was about to say the same thing having you here. I mentioned to you earlier before we sort of started recording that we've been really wanting to get someone on the podcast for quite a while to talk about Ayurveda and the Ayurvedic approach to PCOS and fertility and... Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's taken us a while to, you know, find somebody that we really want to get on here. And that was you. And when I found you on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just, I don't know, just very much resonated with your whole vibe and everything you were sharing. So yeah, really excited to have you here today. For everyone listening, this is Myra Lewin, who is the founder of Hale Pule and is an Ayurvedic practitioner and yoga therapist. And you have been doing this for a long, long time. You've had a journey of uh, teaching um, and practicing for over 30 years. Mm -hmm. You are an author of four acclaimed books on Ayurveda and Ayurvedic cooking. And you have your own podcast, actually two podcasts, um, Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga at Hale Pule. Sorry, I knew I would get that wrong. (laughs) At Hale Pule. And also another podcast called Spark Your Intuition. Mm-hmm. For everybody listening, you can find Myra's website, Hale Pule. It's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com. And on Instagram, it's at H-A-L-E underscore P-U-L-E. 
E. Totally encourage you to check it out. There's a wealth of information on your website. Your podcasts are just beautiful. It's you know, you're so easy to listen to. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, you know, Bridget and I both have had our own journeys with Ayurveda for PCOS and for fertility. So this is you know Ayurveda's personally helped us so so much, and I'm excited to be able to share more about that today because I think. I know that when I started my journey with health, I had never heard of Ayurveda. I don't know about you, if you'd heard it around the traps before you started your journey, but it was just, yeah, completely um, unknown to me. And then when I did discover it, it was just a whole other world, an entirely different approach. And I just love that about it. And I love that about medicine. I love that we have so many options we can support, explore, and Ayurveda is one of them. It's such a full, <laughs> whole practice, you know, it's so complex and intricate and layered. And I think because it's such an unknown, I'm excited to have you here so that we can perhaps make it a bit clearer to people what Ayurveda is all about. <laughs> okay. So. Let's dive in. I was um, listening to you talk about your journey to Ayurveda. And Mm -hmm. through that, I saw that prior to discovering Ayurveda, you had this really long journey of digestive issues, which you talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, quite openly. And, And then around the age of 30, you were diagnosed with the autoimmune condition, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. I would really love to hear, you know, well, first of all, I guess what it really felt like to you know live in your body at that time and then what that transformation was like for you once you discovered yoga and Ayurveda Mm, you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) the you know that condition really had started as a very young person even at the age of seven and Mm. uh but you know I I used to complain of certain problems you know I and pain in my joints and things like that and everybody always said it was a growing pain but you know how it felt to be in how it felt was that I just I felt like I was dragging my body around mm-hmm. yeah I didn't I didn't feel at all connected to it and uh, uh you know I was trying to really trying and so everything felt very foreign to me and I just uh, you know I had I grew up around a, you know, a lot of science and that and it really um I kept trying to make sense of things. So for me, in my body, it's really been a gradual inhabitation, you might say. It was as if I didn't inhabit it, you know, that because I just, between pain in my joints and, and digestive issues, just, it seemed like a lot of work. Mm. <laughs> and that, but I wasn't ever, you know, I wasn't ever sick. I never got colds. I never had the flu. You know, it's, I, that just didn't happen, but, but, you know, it progressed and it got more and more difficult. Uh, And, and, and I was one who pushed myself a lot and uh, to the point, you know, again, I wasn't really that connected to myself. And so I I was just very focused outside. So it's, it's, it was a gradual healing for sure. Mm. And uh, certainly coming to Ayurveda though, just, it opened up a whole new world. You know, I tried, many things and many things of a natural nature prior to coming to Ayurveda, but it just always wasn't quite enough. It didn't quite get there. Yeah. Mm. 
And, uh, and so there were many things that were helpful, but Ayurveda made it all make sense. Yeah. Right. I feel like yes. that's so relatable as someone or anybody with a chronic health condition, how you can, you can try just so many options and you see maybe a little bit of progress or one of your symptoms might improve, but you know, you know that you haven't quite hit the nail on the head, you know, yeah. it yeah. sounds like that's kind of what the experience was like for you. For sure. For mm. sure. Yeah. So yeah. what did you discover first, Ayurveda or yoga? I mean, for everybody listening, yoga is a part of Ayurveda, but did you know that at first? Uh, you know, my yoga teacher actually introduced me to it immediately. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. But I couldn't quite, I was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm doing good things. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd been eating cleanly as possible for many, many years. And as a vegetarian and all that, I thought, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> but uh, but the, the, the reality was that I didn't. Mm. And then you know, so it, it came from her originally where I heard the name. I heard I I actually looked at some information about it. There wasn't much back then, but it took a little bit before I finally came back to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it really was yoga that brought me to it in the sense that I was in India and I was complaining about my joints feeling stiff and that. And and I wasn't having and back then. They would come around and put they would put ghee on your food after, after uh, you know, or when they served it to you. Yeah. So, right. you know, I I had never eaten butter. I didn't right. like it, and yeah. so I just sort of automatically said no to the ghee. Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, my friends kept saying, "Myra, you need to have the ghee. You know, <laughs> it's going to make you feel better." And uh, and that really was it. I, I finally I realized, oh gosh, you know, my mind is closed. I'm not I'm not being open to what's really being presented to me. Mm. And so that that's when everything changed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, really I mean, I think I was gonna ask this a little bit later, but actually I'd really love to hear you talk about ghee a little bit because ghee is a big part of Ayurveda. But mm -hmm. I feel like it's like how? Like why? Why is this such a healing thing you know so i mean it's a clarified butter right um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah mm -hmm. i mean it, and it sounds like it really helped you with your joint pain um, oh it did yeah, yeah. but i would okay. i'd really love to get a bit of a rundown on the benefits of ghee and 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 also yeah. whether you think it is a food that suits most people yeah ghee is it has tremendous healing qualities if we think about if we think about a cow and the cow eats grass that, and it takes that sunlight that went into the grass, right? And it transforms it. And it puts all of the good stuff into its milk mm. and actually puts the toxins into its own body tissue, into the muscle tissue. It's mm. really interesting, you know, to think about and say, ah, yeah, you know, they do. They have very special qualities the way they're, their digestive tract and their their design and that's why they've been they were so revered so you know so ghee has we call it liquid sunshine <laughs> it has the these tremendous healing qualities it's you know it's somebody asked me the other day somebody who was about my age <laughs> she said what about the skin your skin and i said I said, it's the key. <laughs> you know, and, she, yeah, and, and because I used to be very dry. Yeah. And now my skin is not so dry. 
Mm. And I'm older, you know, so what it does is it, it gives us a whole access to an aspect of us ourselves as human beings, meaning we're meant to be sort of, we have these doshas, which are the elements in us. And when those are balanced, and the ghee helps to do that, then we get this lusciousness. In other words, the kapha part of us shows up. So yeah, it, so it improves the skin quality, it helps with constipation, it removes, it helps to remove toxins from the body and the mind. Yeah, because the lubrication is very important to us. And, you know, these days with the amount of air pollution and things that we have, uh, that, that it helps to counter that. Yeah. Mm. And it actually then it helps your, the absorption of nutrients. So, you know, there's just so many things I could go on. <laughs> I'm sure. And how do you sort of suggest people have ghee? Just cook with it? To cook with it is the best thing. Yeah, just yeah. cook with it. You can add always add a little bit to food. Mm. When I travel, I take a, a small container with me mm. so that if I'm in a restaurant, which I try not to do very often, but if I am and I and it, the food is a little dry in that, then I'll, mm. I'll put some ghee on it. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it travels easily. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, you know, I, I just, you know, we use it internally and externally. So, and it's used medicinally. So not just for cooking, although that's your best place to oh. have it. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it keeps, one of the things that I always like to mention to people is that it keeps, it helps to keep vata dosha calm, which is the air and ethers part of us, that light part of us. Mm. And the thing is that, because we need to keep a balance of these things. Yeah, we need that lightness, but not too much of it. Mm. And that's what has us have a healthy libido is to have the vata calm. When the vata gets very high, we get light and scattered and sharp and, mm. uh, and the libido goes down. Yeah. So interesting. I just love hearing about, you know, this other perspective of medicine and health. Yeah. Maybe we should um, go back to basics a little bit. I'd love to hear a, a bit of a background on Ayurveda, I suppose. You know, where does it come from? How long it's been around? And if you could touch on some of its guiding principles. You've already mentioned doshas. So, mm -hmm. yeah, hearing a bit about that would be fantastic. Well, okay. So Ayurveda is a the, the word, is a Sanskrit word. It comes and, and it means the science of life or the science of living. So that's a good one to just think about for a minute. Oh, okay. Wow. And it's it's over 5000 years old. Comes from it came out of the area that we call India, Nepal, Pakistan, that originally, but it's really it's had influence all over the world in the past. And it's based in nature. It's and it comes from something called the Vedas, which you might you might hear about also. And Vedas were is guidance for living that was given by transmission, you could say. Yeah, so it was given to sages. And then this part of it is Ayurveda, and part of it is yoga. And then also something called Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology. So these are mm. tools for our living. And being based in nature, then it's based in the five elements of earth, water, fire, 
air, and space, or the ethers. So if you think about your body, I think this is always, this is what helped me in the beginning, is that you think about your body and it's like, okay, well, the earth element is the bones and the muscles and all, and all right, the body tissue. And, uh, and the water element, well, we know we're about 75% water or so. Yeah, very important. We can't we get dehydrated, we die. Yeah, and so then, uh, and then we have fire. And there's a couple of ways to think about this. One is what we call pitta dosha, or the fire element with some, with some water element, but that water element is actually in the form of acids in the body. Because one of the things that, pit, that fire does is transform things. So it helps in the digestive process. But also, if you think about it, if you just, if you cut yourself, you now you cut your skin and then clean it up and everything. And then the next day you get up and it's already started knitting back together. Hmm. That's Pitta at work. That's that fire of transformation. Hmm. And that's, that's how we heal. And then there's the air. Well, obviously we have to breathe. Yeah. And we breathe whether we think about it or not. Right. So it's, it's going on. It's nature. And then there's space. And that space is, well, if there's too much of it, have you ever thought about, you know, have you ever, anybody ever told you you were a little spacey or you felt spacey after an airplane, a long airplane ride? Well, you were up in the air a little more than we're really meant to be. And so that spaciness will be there. So we need to calm it down so there's not too much of it. Another great example of that is um, is when you 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 grow a baby inside of you as a woman, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you grow that baby, and then you birth the baby. Now there's a big space, and if you don't take care of that space and and get it back to where it needs to be, then it causes imbalance. It causes difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, so interesting. So just to kind of give an idea, okay, so I am part of nature. I think that's a really important point, you know, that we 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 start to recognize. And that's that's mm, that's what was really hard for me in the beginning. Mm. But then when I just, you know, kind of thought about it every now and then and and then the there I think there's some there's some other points that are really important, which is that the way we bring balance to a situation is by the opposite quality, right? So we look at these elements and they all have qualities. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So this is a little bit more in depth, but there's all there's these 20 qualities that are present in everything in nature. Uh, so just like I was saying that, well, there was too much space you know, in the body that's going to make, it's going to have an effect, but it can correct that. So we bring in opposite qualities. So for example, if you're feeling a little spacey um, and you just you just had a long airplane ride and uh, you get there and then it's like, oh, I'm a little spacey in that. Well, the good thing to do is to oil your body and have some nice warm cooked foods, right? So space is cold, right? Mm-hmm, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And so I'm going to bring warmth in mm-hmm. to counter it. And it works that way. It's pretty cool. <laughs> very, very cool and really interesting. And I think that you you made that sound really tangible because I, I, I understand what you mean. What, like in the beginning when I first heard about the doshas, about, mm-hmm. you know, these elements, it's like, okay, I kind of get that conceptually, 
but also <laughs> like on a physical level, I'm like, I don't know. But I, I think mm-hmm. you explain that really well how, I mean, it really is a tangible thing. We are made of water, you know, and mm-hmm. all of the other examples that you gave. As a big thank you for listening to our little podcast and for being a part of our very special PCOS Girls community, we've created a discount code that you guys can use for any of our products. Head to PCOSToWellness.com for Bridget's products or PCOSPathways.com for my products and enter in the code PCOSGIRLS15 for 15% off. That's PCOSGIRLS15. Love you guys. You talk about how we can bring balance to this, you know, if we're feeling a bit spacey or a bit heavy Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, how we can do different things to bring in balance. What are the different methods of healing in Ayurveda? How do you bring about balance? Okay. Well, we do that uh, by bringing those opposite qualities. So each of the doshas, which the doshas are just a way of describing how those elements function in us. Mm. That's, that's it. Yeah. And okay. so we can, we look at those opposite qualities and then we look at cause and effect. If I take an action, I get a result and I, and we make those connections. So the way we do this is we look at, well, because it's a holistic science, we look at everything about, about the human being. And this actually applies to animals and that too. But we, we look at the diet. We look at what's going in and what's coming out. Yeah. So we look at the diet, which is called ahar. And we look at the, the, the lifestyle, which is called vihar. The lifestyle being, you know, how do you conduct yourself? Do you, you, know, do you, um, you, know, do you work 20 hours a day or are you having sort of, you know, some reasonable degree of balance in that? And also then how do you spend your free time? So sometimes some people are doing too much stimulation. Yeah. And then the third thing is the nidra or the sleep. Mm. Yeah. You need to have sleep for the healing process. And I just, you know, just healing from each day. And this Mm. is something I think people really have forgotten, gotten away from. So that, so that the amount and the quality of the sleep is extremely important. And then, uh, and then we look at something called brahmacharya, which is, which is just how we manage our energy. What am I doing with it? Relates very much to the lifestyle, you might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also has to do with understanding and managing our sexual energy and understanding how, how powerful it is and also how it, how it can be best used for us to do the things that we want to do in life. So we do this through education and guiding people and this kind of thing, but also we have various treatments. Uh, sometimes you'll hear it called panchakarma, which is mm-hmm. some of the treatments. And then we also use, uh, we use herbs and really we use herbs from all over the world because we can use them based on their qualities. Uh, mostly, you know, you'll hear a lot about the herbs that come from India and those areas, but there are many other herbs that work really well too. Yeah. And so our, the approach is that it's holistic. So meaning when we give herbs, we don't give one herb very, very rarely. Yeah, We give a formula because we can see what's going on with the person. We give a formula that will bring balance to the system. And so this is how we have great success. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It's so individualized. 
in my own experience <laughs> with it, you know. It is. It mm. is. Yes. Yeah. And with the um, doshas, how do you determine somebody's dosha? Well, there's a few ways to do that. One of the ways that you probably have heard of is to take a pulse. Mm-hmm. Now, learning to take a pulse and, and doing that accurately is something that takes many, many years of practice. We do that when we're in person with people. And when we're not, then we do it by observation, a series of questions and that we look at the individual's constitution, uh, but the constitution, meaning that's what they were, that's what came about at conception, which is also a nice thing to think about because we don't usually think that way. No, but how how do you figure that out though? (laughs) um, Well, I mean, if you think about it, okay, mom and dad come together, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's that, and then there's the karma of the baby. Yeah. And so now we have, we have this. And so it's created then. And how we determine what that is, well, it's based on tendencies. You know, that's what it tells us. It tells us the tendencies of someone. But what we also look at, and that's called your prakriti or your constitution. Mm-hmm. But we also look at the vikriti, which is your current state of balance or imbalance. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we work with understanding the tendencies but if we don't know all the tendencies exactly it's okay because we don't and one of the reasons that is the case is because we don't do extreme things yeah mm-hmm. and so uh now when it, it and it it does you know there's mm, it varies a little bit when somebody has a very serious disease let's say mm-hmm. and we look at the disease process in six stages and so it uh, we can we can tell you know where someone is on that scale, uh, just by the symptoms and what they're the, what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's how we de- we determine then what the imbalances are, and then we can we treat from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the imbalances then we look at it in terms of the doshas, and there's actually sub doshas for each of the doshas. And so this this tells us about what's going on, and uh, then we can understand how to how best to treat it. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever find that anybody is in balance? You know, <laughs> <laughs> is it always a changing thing? It is. It's a changing thing. I mean, it's you know, we wake up every day, life changed, mm. right? It changed because of what we did yesterday. It's it's changing because the planets have changed, the weather has changed. So yeah, there's always, there is, there is that, but no, it is an interesting thing to be around someone who isn't, who has very little to imbalance at all. Mm. I mean, I'd say if we're living this life today, there's always going to be a little bit, but some people, you know, it's when they have more, think about this, you know, when you have more kapha in your constitution, meaning in your, you know, what you came in with, those people tend to be a lot more stable. You know, they have a lot of earth element. They tend to, they tend, notice I'm talking about tendencies, they'll tend to move a little bit more slowly. They talk a little more slowly and they don't, they don't get sick too often. Yeah. And they are, you know, if they do, they'll tend to get, you know, congestion in the chest and that kind of thing, but they tolerate difficulties also a lot more than someone who has a lot of vata in their constitution. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. is the aim to bring somebody back to 
I, I don't know how to word this properly or accurately, but is it the aim to bring someone back to their sort of dosha of their constitution of their birth or is the mm-hmm. aim to kind of balance the three doshas equally? <laughs> no. So, okay. no, you're not trying to balance the doshas equally at all okay. because each of us has different amounts of it in us to start right. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, we're just always bringing, bringing someone back to a place where, where they have no symptoms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's really, we just <laughs> go by sense. the evidence, yeah. right? So if you think about how you feel, the disease process, you know, is you, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You can feel when you're something's, you feel compromised and you feel like you're going to get sick or you start having symptoms, but we're not mm-hmm. meant to have symptoms all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we reverse that disease process uh, and then the symptoms go away. Mm. Yeah. So when you start to look at Ayurveda from the standpoint of nature, Mm. it gets actually pretty simple. It's just so different for us. Yeah. So when you think about, you know, for example, you were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is a chronic condition. Mm. With the Ayurvedic lens, do you see that chronic conditions are a thing or is everything able to be brought back and reversed, I suppose. Yes, yes. Most everything, I'll say most everything is of mm. the disease type. Yeah, definitely. Mm. It depends on a few things. Depends on the strength of the individual. Mm. Yeah, it depends. But I've seen amazing things where mm. people were not very strong and but were able to, they had the desire and the willingness. Mm. Things change. And so the healing process in a human being is just is absolutely, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost beyond description, the things, mm. the things that I've seen over the years, you know, way beyond my expectations, you know, and just say, oh, so yes, you know, if we think about it from the standpoint of the body, the body and the mind, actually, they know what to do. We just have to get out of the way. And stop interfering. Mm. And we do a lot of things, you know, we do a lot of things in the way we live that interfere. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a matter of taking a look at those things and saying, okay, well, what am I willing to change? Mm. Yeah. And so a lot of the disease that's going on today, you know, there's just, there's been things that have been introduced Yes. In our systems, whether it's what we put in our mouths or what we're exposed to mm-hmm. and that what the mind is exposed to, then those things make a, you know, they, they have an impact. Absolutely. And so is there healing? Yes. Yeah. But as you said, it's an individual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends on, depends on the, the individual. Yeah. And it's also our society, isn't it? You know, we live in a time where the, just the modern lifestyle of, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of parts of the world at least, you know, it's hard. And I feel like, I don't know, this mm-hmm. is just this is a bit of a tangent, for, but for me personally, when I think about the fact that I have PCOS and then more recently was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, 
I just mm-hmm. for a long time have seen myself as someone who just isn't really suited to modern lifestyle. And that's mm-hmm. why I, this isn't based on anything everyone listening. This is just my own personal opinion of myself and the situation. I just think like, I just, I, I don't suit the modern lifestyle. And so my body struggles with it, you know, whereas my husband, he can, eat anything do anything and he just thrives he just thrives always Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. far anyway and uh for me no like I've got to be really careful about what I do and what I consume and how Mm -hmm. I take care of myself and my sleep and you know I've really got to care about those things or my body tells me about it um Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's a hard time as well when a lot of this typical lifestyle that we're all just grown up to believe is the way that we should live or or we're really constrained by it in a lot of ways. I suppose Mm -hmm. sometimes to heal, you've got to really see if you can find another way. Yeah, you do. You know, I was just speaking with someone, a client about this in the sense that I said to her, you know, she, she's lives in Mexico Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she's taking care of herself now. She's a tremendous healing. And mm-hmm. she said, you know, I tried, I've tried, I've tried going out to eat some more with friends and things like that. She said, but I just, I don't like the consequences. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that. And so I said to her, I said, well, you know, really the, the, the folks around the world who are starting to pay attention to how they feel, and wanting to feel well, understanding that we're meant to feel well, mm. are leaders. Mm. Yeah. And so, but that's that's how change takes place. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. And and one thing I mentioned about how, you know, some people have a stronger constitution than others. Yes. But you know what? Eventually it gets you. <laughs> it catches up with you. It's just yeah. a matter of time. Yeah. So... You know, that's the other thing to think about is that mm. Mm, we really have gotten too oriented toward short-term thinking. And we mm. really want to think about it long-term. You know, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel when your kids are in high school? Yeah, you want to feel mm. good, mm. right? Or you know, th- those kinds of things. It's like, we need to think about those things because what mm. I'm doing now is creating that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've definitely been thinking that way, particularly the last year. Just I've had a lot of body pain, joint pain, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I just think, my God, like you know, I'm 35, and I, if I feel this way now, how am I going to feel 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now? So mm-hmm. yeah, I've been trying to, I've been taking it so seriously, trying to heal because um, yeah, it's yeah. I am trying to have that long term thought. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Uh, I said something something really important, which is I'm focusing on healing. And that Mm. is that's that really is a key. You know, sometimes Mm. we get really focused on the problem. And uh Mm. that's that that's gonna make it take a lot longer and and uh not be as successful. So That's really nice. I never thought of it like that. I know that I said the first bit, but the way that you just (laughs) put that was so true and really nice. I noticed on your website, I mean, you're a, you're an Ayurvedic teacher and mm-hmm. um, I noticed on your website that you, the first thing that you get your students to do is this Ayurvedic health program that you've got that they use on themselves 
It's called Agni Therapy um, and it really focuses in on gut health. But in the description of the course, um, you know, you list out all of these things that um, focusing on gut health can really help you with. You know, you've got the PCOS, psoriasis, acne, anxiety, weight loss. I mean, you've got a big list of things there that can it can help with. And, you know, we talk on this podcast a fair bit about gut health and how, you know, it's important for the whole body. Um, but I'd really, really love to hear about gut health um, through the Ayurvedic lens, how you view that. And I'd also like you to describe um, what Agni is, if you could. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the way we, when we consume food or drink, uh, it becomes body tissue. Okay, so I think everybody would agree on that. Yeah. yeah that yeah. eventually it's going to become body tissue. Well, actually in Ayurveda, we have a very detailed way of describing exactly how that happens. And that okay. process is what keeps hormones balanced. It's what uh, keeps everything working properly. And so if that environment, think about it as an environment, if the digestive environment is disturbed, the hormones can't be balanced. Things are not going to be balanced because the body is trying to deal with this distorted environment, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. therefore everything that comes from that can't function properly. And so the entire, what we call, what we call the endocrine system, right? The, the glands and the mm -hmm. ductless glands, the, they don't function properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we get all kinds of symptoms and, and problems as a result. So, I mentioned uh, before that that Pitta was responsible for transformation, but there's this other piece that operates on a cellular level, which is called Agni. And Agni is a Sanskrit word. It basically means fire. Yeah? Mm -hmm. and, and, but it, it's present. There's types of Agni in the various cells in the body, and uh, they need to function properly. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't function properly, then, then um, things don't work right. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, the thing that's that's really interesting about it is that Agni then is there as digestive capacity, and that's digesting food and digesting life, both. Mm. So what that does, you know, that what it helps us understand is that ah, for example, if I'm angry and upset and I'm mad about something, I'm not really digesting life very well at that point. And that disturbs the digestion. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then a lot of us would feel that. Right? We'd say, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I can tell my my gut's all tense, or uh, mm. yeah, it doesn't, I don't, I'm not hungry. We lose our appetite. Yeah. Agni is responsible for the appetite. So you mm. could think of it like a campfire. And if you give a campfire a little bit of wood, a little bit of air, it goes. It burns. It's great. And, but if you throw sand on it, mm. it smolders. And then the next thing you try to digest with that doesn't go well. Mm. That's one of the big things that happens with people today so much is mm. that if I'm, for example, if I don't chew my food or I snack and I'm eating too often, Agni doesn't like, Agni likes to get the food, burn it up, and then get some more. Mm. But if it gets the food, gets a meal, and then you put a snack on top of it, now you have a mess. Mm. Just that for as an example. Mm. So, so the other piece too is that 
this agni then is what is the main component that feeds our body tissues that allows that to happen properly which then is what feed, would, uh, supports and fills up our, our, our immunity, our vitality, you know, what mm. we call ojas. Yeah. So when somebody has good ojas, they have energy, they have vitality, their eyes are bright, you know, they can show up in life. Yeah. And when the mm. ojas gets low, yeah, for example, when we're sick, the immunity goes is down. Yeah. There's always disturbance in Agni. You know, whether it came from something I put in there or maybe it was something I was exposed to, like a virus, for example. Yeah. So these are things that can cause disturbance of it. So so, so then we understand that if um, if I'm emotionally upset, that that digestive process, when the, the nourishment from the food goes into our body tissues, that doesn't take place properly. If I'm if I'm angry, if I'm upset, or if I've been eating bad combinations of food or food that's not good, things like that. Mm. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of how how that all takes place. Mm. And uh, and when Agni is not working right, the quality of our body tissue starts to go down. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm experiencing this so much in the past year. So much of what you're saying, I'm like, that's me. That oh, that's me as well. <laughs> and just so simply put about how, I mean, of course, everything that we eat turns into our body tissue, but how much do we really think about that? Like, mm-hmm. I would argue not that much. I mean, literally everything, like everything in our body is made from what we are consuming. And I also, even though I have, you know, such an understanding of how our gut and our mind, you know, and our stress and all of that is so linked, mm-hmm. I, I that still really like hit me just then when you're talking about how, yeah, like when we're upset, sometimes we lose our appetite. Like how how funny, like that's so strange. Like that is not something that's really explained in, uh, you know, Western medicine as far as my understanding, you know, it's not, or it's not something that we just know as people. We don't understand why that is. So I love how Ayurveda has an answer for that, a reason for that, an explanation. Mm-hmm. And not just the loss of appetite, but, you know, like you say, like there's all different ways that that sort of presents it does yeah well you know ayurveda originally was the majority of ayurveda was practiced as kitchen remedies that's what we said mm. you know that it used to be you know the mom of the household if anybody had a problem you took care of it right away in which okay. case you can do that a lot with just things that you might have in your kitchen mm. uh, it's but when we ignore the symptoms and they go on and then then that's when it takes a little bit more and you know we've been trained to take everything apart and not look at the total at the whole and that's mm. that's that's the difference in in western medicine and that it, you know, they're just looking at one very isolated piece mm. you know which sometimes can be helpful mm. but but then you have to look at the whole picture mm, it has all become very separated out mm. can i ask if you you know, went through, like you're saying, you know, part of Agni is what it's about what you consume, not just food, but just the intake of life. And, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the emotions and the stress and sort of everything that comes up. If if you were to go through something that was very emotional for you or very stressful, you know, you mentioned just then that, you know, it used to be that you really dealt with things right away, you know. <laughs> if you went through something emotional or stressful, would you do something sort of right away to try to counter that or remedy that or help help your body? Um Frequently, yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if it was really significant or went on for more than a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, for example, I might have some ginger tea, you know, or okay. something like that. Yeah. Because the ginger will help stimulate the Agni to come back okay. and uh, with, with some honey in it <laughs> for mm -hmm. me. And, uh, and, and so again, kind of thinking about the whole picture, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because you know, for example, when we get emotionally upset because we're attached to something, it's, a, it's always fear, right? It's mm -hmm. the fear we're going to lose something or mm -hmm. the fear we're not going to get something. So, yeah, so things that are going to mm, help calm, calm Vata down especially and also soothe, soothe any disturbance in the digestive tract. Yeah. Mm, so interesting. This episode is brought to you by Sisterhood Tea. Hi guys, it's Bridget Warren, the founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood Tea. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful blend of herbs that has been specifically created by me to help other women like me who may be experiencing the many frustrating symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, which affect so many women. Every ingredient in Sisterhood is 100% natural and has a purpose. And most importantly, the ratio of each herb has been carefully weighed out to ensure the perfect amount is added into each bag to make it an easy and accessible way for you to manage your symptoms every day. And don't worry, I promise it tastes nice too. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful holistic alternative and is suitable for all women, but has been specifically designed to help support women who may be experiencing symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, women who've been on the contraceptive pill or are coming off the contraceptive pill, problematic skin conditions such as acne and dermatitis, fertility issues, weight management, hair loss and hirsutism, moodiness, bloating and menstrual cramps, and of course, regulating the menstrual cycle. Sisterhood tea is 100% natural, organically grown where possible, vegan, and hand-blended and packaged in Australia. The results and hundreds of testimonials for Sisterhood Tea are honestly just incredible. And some of the most inspiring stories include clearing up stubborn acne, growing back hair loss, regulating their period, and even successful pregnancies after years of trying everything else. We call them our little sisterhood babies. So if you want to find out more about Sisterhood Tea or read some more of the amazing testimonials, head over to PCOSToWellness.com where I ship worldwide. Okay, so PCOS, I'd really like to hear about what the Ayurvedic perspective is of PCOS. You know, a lot of us are dealing with high androgens, high testosterone, you know, long or absent, long cycles or absent periods. How does mm -hmm. Ayurvedic, Ayurveda, sorry, see PCOS? Yeah, well, it, it, it's an interesting one because there's a lot of discussion among people uh, as to, 
you know, which dosha imbalance starts the party, you might say. <laughs> but, uh, but once you have a diagnosis, once you have something that we call a diagnosis, then you have all three doshas involved. But uh, typically, it's going to be a result of excess vata and excess mm -hmm. kapha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But pitta is almost always involved. And then when the difference there, for example, you mentioned that some people might have excessive bleeding. Yeah, mm -hmm. or okay. some people are going to have, you know, very infrequent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or yeah. and so that'll depend on which dosha is most out of balance. Mm -hmm. So and 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 also a little bit about where it starts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could but you just really... quickly, sorry, explain which of the elements are did you say vada or kapha are the two main ones right. that you might find out of balance and which elements in the beginning you... yeah in the mm. beginning and then by the time again it starts to really manifest mm. then there's also pitta involved okay um oh can be from doing too much and having too much extractive food or food that is light and airy and astringent and bitter so for mm. example green smoothies okay just, just to give you an idea mm -hmm. <laughs> okay and then the kapha part is unfortunately is frequently sugar Mm -hmm. sugar is a factor in this mm -hmm. yeah to stop the sugar mm -hmm. so and that you know com comes in many forms comes with alcohol comes with them um, you know and many kind of baked goods and whatever that people are eating so so it doesn't mean you can't have sweet things it just means the quality of it and the amount of it one thing about refined sugar is that it increases it increases pitta and kapha so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's and it, it eventually it increases vata also just because what's the stimulation from it, right? Okay. So, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the really the big things. You know, all of that starts out right is we start we have what have become normalized now, which is you know menstrual difficulties. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not meant to have that. Mm -hmm. We're meant to have our cycle have it. It comes. And maybe we're, we feel more inward for sure in that we wouldn't, you know, it's not ideal to be out and about a lot and that kind of thing. And it goes mm. and that's it. Mm. And it'll, the length of it, the length of the actual bleed would vary a little bit because according to the person's constitution, you know, somewhere between four and seven days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see, and so we know what, can go on when the doshas are balanced. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, when we have, when the, the body gets confused, so uh, when there's too much vata, if you think about kapha being uh, mass, physical mass, earth element and water element, mm -hmm. if there's too much air, that will block that. You know, if there's too much space that will cause a blockage in the flow, yeah, because water flows, right? Mm -hmm. And that, and when that blockage takes place, then the body just starts forming, it'll, it'll start forming tissue. Uh, it does, and this is what it does with cysts and tumors and everything all over the body. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So interesting how there's just this totally other, total other perspective, yeah. I suppose. So yeah. in terms of the hormonal imbalance of, PCOS, do you turn to the gut as really the the underlying sort of thing that is possibly Definitely. causing that issue or or is there other things? No, we, we go there. 
because yes. again, we deal with body and mind there and actually mm. even the spiritual connection. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and so we go there and we, we start there because we always look for the root cause of things. Mm. And, that, and so that's why I say the body, just incredible ability to heal. If mm. you take away that root cause, you know, sometimes we need to give that some extra support depending on the degree of the problem, mm. but uh, otherwise then it corrects itself. Yeah. So yeah. with PCOS, do you tend to, you know, a herbs a big part of that typically, you know, what other forms of, I guess, therapy, <laughs> for lack <laughs> of a better word, do you consider for PCOS? Yeah, mostly, mostly it's going to be the the food and drink intake, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and then we also use the yogic practices. So, mm -hmm. for example, breathing and meditation, those being the most important, um, and some of the physical, the asana as well, can be very helpful. Mm -hmm. But uh, mm, that's what we use. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we use it in, and and so you asked about herbs, and the answer is yes, usually. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's going to go faster with the herbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do the herbs tend to help you over time come into a state of balance where you don't need the herbs, or do you think with PCOS or even other chronic conditions that there's a real long-term use of herbs that's needed? It could be either way. It mm -hmm. really depends on the individual mm -hmm. and what they're doing in life. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just it's. It's, you know, if you if you go back toward the foods, for example, that are disturbing, alcohol being a big one, mm. uh, you know, that that's you're going to pay a price for that. So mm. is it a good choice to do that and to take the herbs? It's OK, but it's not ideal. Mm. The herbs, though, many people will find that. Well, what we do is we adjust the herbs over time as the mm -hmm. person is healing and then uh, and then we see. Yeah, it really depends. Some people go fine without it and, and without them. And then other people just like to go ahead and continue yeah. because the herbs, the way we prescribe herbs, they are digested like food. Right. So it's not acting on the body. And mm -hmm. so you can, you can, you can take them longer term. Most of them, there's a couple that, that you wouldn't, but, uh, right. but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it depends on the person's life though, really. Huh? Mm. Yeah you know, to, how's your life going? How is it? What's going on with it? Yeah. yeah. So. And I guess too, like we were talking about before, like modern lifestyle, it's tricky. And I suppose not everyone's in a position necessarily to be able to stop doing something that is maybe hindering them, you know, mm -hmm, um, certain mm -hmm. types of work and things like that, that are unavoidable yeah. for some people, at, the, at least at that point in time. So at that point, yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we we do too is that we do a lot of coaching people mm. to start to, to start to just self-examination to mm. see you know okay so hmm what is possible yeah uh, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's true because you just you don't know until you know you know you, you don't always look where you you don't always know where to look or even consider that you could look somewhere and change something I know yeah. a few years back, it was quite a long time ago now, um, like my husband and I stopped our business for the sake of my health, you know, and at first like that wasn't even a consideration and then it was like, oh, like I guess I could let that go, you know, mm -hmm. it just um, yeah. and it was fine, you know, it's surprising what you can be capable of, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that uh, 
when it comes to the yoga side of things, that the breathing and meditation is really, you kind of said, I think that that was the most important part of it. It is. I didn't really know that. (laughs) What is it about the breathing and meditation you think um, that is so helpful for PCOS or fertility? Uh, Yeah. And fertility. Oh yeah. Well, because our mind, uh, you know, sometimes our mind will, (laughs) our body just does what the mind is telling it. And Mm -hmm. if the mind is sort of uh, uh, really externally oriented, then we really need to get to know ourselves inside. Yeah. We have an inner world and we can make a difference in how that inner world is. And I, I, you know, I certainly, until I came to meditation and, and, uh, I, I didn't know that, mm. you know, I just thought I had to suffer with whatever went on in there. <laughs> and, um, and, and so learning to work with the breath, we start to experience ourselves beyond the mind. And then we can start to see that, oh, I, it's a tool, sometimes not a very good one. <laughs> and the more I can sort of take it for what it is, laugh at it, and uh, then the I, the me that's doing that, that's the part we want to get to know. Mm. Yeah, that's the part that gives us a sense of peace and a sense of security and knowing that all is well. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And I think that peace seems like a very important part for PCOS and fertility, you know. It is. Especially yeah. considering how much we know about how stress affects us and drives all these symptoms so extremely. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I know that we all different and I know that when it comes to Ayurveda, there's a very individual approach for everybody that you would see. But I would love to hear if there are any self-care practices that you think would benefit most people with PCOS or with fertility issues. Okay, there's a couple of things I think uh, that would be good. Number one is to chew your food. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Chew, uh, chew your food until there's no solids being swallowed mm. and that because it has to mix with your saliva for the digestion to take place properly. Okay. Right? So that's a real simple one. Mm, very then, practical. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I have two others. One is to leave out snacks. Right. Mm, I struggle one. with this. <laughs> have three meals. Yeah. Have good meals. And then the more you chew, the better you'll digest, the more satisfied you'll feel. You won't feel the need to, to snack. Mm. But the other one would be to, to consider oiling your body. Mm. Yeah. Because that will help, especially around fertility issues and that. Uh, most of the fertility issues are a result of high vata. And, and so we need to calm that down. And so we have, you know, there's, there's some very specific ways to apply the oil and that uh, that uh, will help to calm that dosha down. And mm. uh, so it's something that makes your skin feel nice, but it also just has a tremendously um, effective way of calming the nervous system and, and just getting everything to, to calm down. Mm. I actually have recently started doing this just uh-huh. uh, about two months ago. I have an Ayurvedic practitioner and mm-hmm. um, who helps me and she 
I've seen her on and off for a few years and she's always mentioned, like, can we try and fit in a full body massage, you know, oil massage Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I've always, always dismissed it. (laughs) It has always Mm -hmm. seemed so impossible to me to fit that in like how am I going to possibly oil my entire body like every day like that just seemed so insane to me anyway a couple of months ago she talked about it again Mm -hmm. and I've had a very serious year like very much taking my health very seriously this year and anyway she suggested like can we attach it to something like you know can we link this practice to to your shower Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've got two kids and so I was like, I don't know, like, you know, I shower with my kids. Like it's just go, go, go. I shower at night. It's like the kids are just ready for bed. It's just wild at that time of day. But anyway, I said I would give it a go. I just basically was like, yes, surely I can just say to my husband, like I'm going to the bathroom 10 minutes early to have mm-hmm. a massage, you know, and you were watching the kids. And of course I could do that. And of course he was fine with that. And so that's what I started to do. And just 10 minutes before I would normally go for the shower, I'd just head off by myself and yeah, 10 minutes or so. And I've got this full body massage and it feels great. It's me time with no kids. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. it feels good. I feel like, and I, I don't know if this is based in anything, but I feel like there's a real benefit to massaging the fat on my body like to Mm -hmm. me that just seems like if I'm massaging like this you know fat is heavy and it's sort of you know like to me it's like a dense thing if I massage it it seems like it would invigorate it a bit maybe and I don't know to me that's like that's how I felt I felt just I felt healthier and almost lighter like I'm bringing this energy into these heavy parts of my body yeah yeah, well, the absorption of the oil is significant, and not just okay. to make your skin feel good on the outside, but on the inside too. And it does; mm. it does makes it makes a difference in your circulation. In that. Right. Yeah, yeah, because it is a it's a medicinal oil, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So they're like it's infused with herbs. So I guess that's another mm-hmm. way to have the herbs go into your body. That's correct. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. I just wanted to tell that because I just feel like. If anyone's like me, they'd be like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to oil my body every day. But my tip mm-hmm. for that would be to just attach it to, a, you know, something you do do every day, like have a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got two kids and our house is wild and I've managed to do it and I've been loving it. <laughs> Great. Good. Um, and then a nice next step is to, is to mm-hmm. get your kids to oil themselves or yeah, for them if they're young. Yeah. yeah. yeah it'll help. They're just then everybody, everything will calm down. (laughs) Okay. I love the idea of that. I have been giving my son a foot massage, but it's not with any medicinal oil or anything. Do you think the medicinal part of it is important for kids as well? Um, Not absolutely necessary. If Mm. if they're not having any specific problems, then then Mm. a sesame oil is usually good for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are there any Ayurvedic nutritional, like nutritional tips that you could share with us? I guess you kind of just said a couple, didn't you? Chew your food. A couple, yeah. yeah. But I think one other one is that's really important is that we really, that we sit down to a meal with an attitude of reverence. Mm. In other words, to be really grateful and to be loving with the food. Mm. You know, we can, we can express our appreciation for the people who grew it, 
you know, mm. who brought it to us, I mean, and as well as who cooked it, you know, so mm, that kind of attitude makes a big, big difference in the quality of the digestion. Mm, that's really nice. Yeah. I remember reading a couple of years ago now, um, it's just a random meme on the internet, <laughs> but it said, if you have a good relationship with the food that you're eating, it'll be good to you. Yeah. And it really resonated and you've just reminded me of it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose in terms of what we eat, that must be very individual. Mm-hmm. Well, yes and no. You know, there's a really, there's a really great range. Mm. And that's something we talk about a great deal, something called the balanced bowl. So we don't need to, we don't want to think about things just in terms of dosha, you know, delineated. We mm. think about the whole picture. So, so you'd be amazed. It's actually not that difficult to, mm. to cook for all, to cook for all three doshas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are there any foods that you, or, you know, you talk about this balance bowl, you know, what is mm-hmm. that? What does that look like? Um, it is uh, where we have food that adds to the body and that's about six for an adult. Now mm. this is for about 60% of the plate mm. and about 40% of the plate is what we call extractive which is means it either draws something out of the body mm. or it's difficult to digest. So it's, it's in the, it, it asks the body to give up something to digest it. Oh. So for example, then the 60% would be made up of a whole grain mm-hmm. yeah, and a sweet vegetable, something like sweet potatoes or carrots, things like that. Mm. And then the other 40% would be made up of either meat or a legume. Mm. And then uh, an extractive vegetable, which would be things like uh, dark leafy greens, kale, cauliflower, mm. uh, broccoli, you know, spinach, those kinds of things. Wow, I've yeah. never, ever heard of that. That's really great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and so this is a way of looking at the elements and how do we mm. bring balance to a situation. Now, if you have young children, they mm. should be having more augmenting food because okay. that's what's going to help them grow. Yeah, so depending on their age, you know, you know, they're, in, when they're really young, you know, they should still be having 80, 90% augmenting food. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that the, that 60% that you said, is that the augmenting food, the foods that add? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So as adults, mm-hmm. we need that much to, to keep replacing our body tissue. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and that's what's happened is a lot of people's diets have gotten very out of balance, too mm-hmm. much extracted food. And, uh, and so then the body, the quality of the body tissue goes down and Vata goes up and the mind gets anxious and so forth. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And kids are kind of, they are drawn to that kind of food, you know, like they don't really want to eat the dark leafy greens, (laughs) you know, they're they're much more attracted to those sweeter vegetables and to the grains. Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, kids, you know, if there's anything I've learned, it's that they really know what their body needs and Mm -hmm. we can really mess that up. (laughs) I think I I really messed that up with my son, but I've learned a lot now and my daughter, I'm just watching her being like, you just know exactly what you need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can really sort of trust in that. Okay, I just have one more question and it's about something that I learned about recently and I just I just think it would be really nice for our audience to hear about it and that's the Ayurvedic clock, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, if you could share about what that is, I'd love that. Okay, well, 
there are times of day and night where the doshas are active in us. And so uh, it's generally, it's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., pitta is active. And from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., vata is active. And then from 6 to 10, kapha is active. So now if we think about it, what that means is pitta is active from 10 to 2 in the middle of the day also. Mm-hmm. So that's when the sun is highest in the sky and it's, it's the most support for digestion. And likewise, at night, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is when we need to be sleeping because that's when our greatest healing takes place. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where, you know, staying up too late, you know, you'll stay up and you're like, oh, I get active and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go to sleep. I want to eat, or do all, you know, all those things. That's because Pitta is up, but Pitta, we should be asleep and healing mentally and physically. So, mm. you know, so we, we, your evening time from six to 10, right? That's kapha time. And the idea that you might get tired and be winding down is very appropriate. Mm-hmm. So, so you see, it's, it's sort of, it's all really quite well laid out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, um, when you wake up, when your sleep isn't going well and you're waking up at 3 a.m. and that, that's because vata is high. Mm-hmm. So we need to calm the vata down so that you can stay asleep. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when so, you say, no, no, sorry, yeah. go on. No, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. And you say that kapha is 6 till 10 in the evening, so you're kind of winding down. Mm-hmm. What about in the morning, 6 till 10? Is and in also the morning kapha? as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So if you really, if you want to have the most energy through the day, then you need to get up before 6. Mm. Just wake up before 6. So you're waking up in the vata time rather than the kapha time. Okay. And if you've gone to bed before 10, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in terms of that, I guess I think of kapha, I think of that more slower sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you, is self care in the morning is a real Ayurvedic thing? Is that right? It is, yeah. Mm. But and it doesn't that, have to be in the morning only. Okay. It can be other times. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like your abhyanga, you're, you're the oiling the body, mm. that's in the evening. A lot of people like to do it in the evening, and I think it's very nice, you know, mm. help you go to sleep and and, and mm. that. So it depends. It depends on the person and also, you know, what works the best. Because in mm. the end, we want to do these things to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Mm. So we find the times of day that it will work. Yeah. So true. Got to fit it in where you can. <laughs> yeah. And you talked about how um, the middle of the day, 10 till 2, that's where that fire is the most alive. So mm-hmm. do you, what about food? Is that sort of the best time to be have a good meal? Well, there, it's good to have a good meal three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I feel like most people eat their biggest meal in the evening. Right, which is not great at all. Right. Okay. Uh, but what we really want is that we'd hope that lunch and dinner aren't too much different in size, mm-hmm. but that, that the lunch would be, or the midday, would mm-hmm. be uh, with the heavier food, right? Because okay. you have more support for digestion. Mm-hmm. And that you have not have your heavier food in, the, in your early evening meal. So, you know, that's a nice time for, you know, soups and things like that. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, and does your does your website or any of your programs that you offer um, have? Oh, I guess you've got recipe books, don't you? I was just thinking, like, it'd be really nice to see some recipes from you because, um, especially that sixty forty sort of plate split. Mm-hmm. And the way you described that, like, really resonated. I was like, that makes a lot of sense to me, but it's also very different to a lot of the other sort of nutritional advice around, I would say, in the yeah. way that you're looking at that. So it'd be really cool to see how that translates into some recipes. Yeah. So. It, it, there is. On the website we have lots of recipes and there's okay. also there's a blog post there that's called Balance Bowl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And it, it talks about it and then it links to a few other things that are that are there that are real helpful. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Um, for everybody listening, um, that blog is over at halepule.com, H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com, or you can follow Myra on Instagram at hale underscore pule, H-A-L-E underscore P-U-L-E. Myra, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. I think I could have talked to you about a million things all day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoy it so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've just got so much um, beautiful wisdom to share. So really appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm.